Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Mary Roach will join us to discuss adventures on the Alimentary Canal. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. the Grok's Science Show. Well, the process of digestion is something that most of us would perhaps leave unconsidered, yet it is fundamental to our existence, and thus its windy and torturous path leaves us many adventures to be revealed. There's perhaps no better person to guide us on an adventure through the Alimentary Canal than our guest today, Ms. Mary Roach. Ms. Roach is the noted author of such best-selling works as Stip, Spook, and Bonk, and continuing on the monosyllabic titles here, her latest release is Gulp, Adventures on the Alimentary Canal, which explores the fast world for a general audience. And Ms. Roach, we're uh, very pleased to have you back today on uh, the Grok Science Show. Thank you. A pleasure to be back. Certainly our pleasure. Certainly a great book here, Gulp, uh, Adventures on the Elementary Canal, in which you explore uh, the various facets of uh, the digestive tract. I'm curious, why did you decide to uh, tackle this subject here? Oh, it's just right up my stinky little alley. You know, it's a sort of a taboo topic that deals with the, the uh, has to, anything that's taboo deals with the human body is really roachable terrain. And I just thought it would be it would be fun to explore because people because people don't really like to think about their food after it's entered their mouth because people there's a, there is that taboo. I think it makes the material a little fresher because I mean I know that I was surprised by uh, every stop along the way you know between the the uh, from nose to tail as they say. Uh, well, you certainly uh, go all the way from uh, the entrance to the exit, so to speak, and perhaps a good way of tackling uh, the subjects in this book is uh, maybe starting at the very beginning of our digestion, uh, starting with the nose and the uh, and the mouth. Well, the mouth, setting aside the nose for the moment, I spent some time with um, a bunch of people who, in the little-known science of oral processing, and this is chewing bolus formation and swallowing. And uh, what I hadn't realized, uh, which is a pretty basic thing that you're doing with your mouth, but you don't really think about it. You're, you are taking food apart, you're grinding it into, you're pulverizing it, but then you have to put it back together in a different shape. The swallowable state, you have to get it into the swallowable state, and that takes, uh, you're doing things, weird things like intraoral bolus rolling, you're kind of like a sushi chef picks up a handful of rice and then does this very quick maneuver to make a cylindrical bolus, really, uh, that's my favorite, new favorite word, I think someone needs to name a heavy metal band, bolus, um, but uh, that's, so that's all going on in your mouth as you eat, kind of under the radar, and uh, there are people who have documented and taken photographs. There's those things, there's pieces of equipment like the tongue camera at this uh, facility in the Netherlands. Uh, it's part of Food Valley where food science uh, goes on and um, also oral processing. So oral processing uh, yeah, it includes chewing the, uh, the teeth and jaws. People associate that with strength and kind of like their teeth, people think of them as blunt mallets, but they're really more uh, they are extraordinarily sensitive as well. They can detect a 
grain, if you put a, a little tiny grain, one twenty-five thousandths of an inch in someone's custard, they can detect that with their teeth. And they can all, the teeth also, when you're chewing, say you're crushing a peanut, the second the peanut gives way, there's this instantaneous letting up of the, the muscle power so that you don't smash your teeth and break them. And that's all happening. I mean, with the speed of airbag on a Lexus, I mean, it's all of the, you know, the, the, the change in pressure is sensed and the muscles cut out. And I found that amazing. I, you know, you, your body is doing all these things on your behalf all the time, unbeknownst to you. And uh, it's not only interesting, but kind of a, a debt of thanks to the various bits and pieces of the alimentary canal. <laughs> uh, well, this book, like most of your other books, has you uh, going on a lot of various adventures to find out about various parts of the alimentary canal. What was the most surprising thing you discovered in your researching of this book? Well, I was pretty clueless about all of it, but I was unaware of how one thing I, I found kind of amazing is how incredibly difficult it is to burst a human stomach. You can really overdo, uh, uh, you can really go way further than you would imagine uh, and, and not rupture your stomach because your stomach has all these protective mechanisms. Um, a burp is called a, the technical term is a transient lower esophageal sphincter relaxation. And that is uh, something that occurs if you, uh, sometimes people overeat and they take bicarbonate of soda. And if you overdo with the bicarbonate of soda and you have this buildup of gas, that can that is more dangerous than the food that you've eaten. I mean, it's more likely because it comes in very quickly. So the belch, the burp, would be the emergency reflex that reduces the pressure in there. And also uh, regurgitation is a safety mechanism. If you overeat to the point where the stomach is stretched to the near breaking point, your body will empty your stomach uh, without even consulting you. Just, this is out of here. Because uh, you don't, uh, the whole tube from the mouth to the anus is kind of, it's a different than the rest of the body in that there's, there's bacteria in there, there's putrefaction, there's all kinds of things going on that you don't want migrating to the rest of the body. So you really don't want any part of it rupturing. Even intestinal gas, flatus, uh, that's, that's something that if it were to build up to an extent that it was endangering the integrity of the colon. You could burst, you know, you burst the colon. So a fart is also um, something that's uh, relieving pressure and keeping you safe, and it's fun. <laughs> well, uh, certainly I'm thankful that processes have some beneficial use. Probably a question that crossed the minds of many is, why doesn't the stomach digest itself? Uh, a number of things are going on. Uh, the stomach has a mucus layer that protects it, but the stomach uh, lining also it re it, it regenerates every three or so days. So uh, it, when there is damage done, it's it's uh, very quick and it's got a quick turnover. Another thing that's going on is that the gastric acid is different components are made in different cells and then they come together uh, um, outside of those cells. So that it's kind of like epoxy. You see it, it you know it starts out in two tubes. Otherwise, if you put it together it would glue the tube shut. So you don't if you were if you were a cell charged with you know making gastric acid you could imagine that the acid would damage the very cell that's making it. So um, there's there's that nifty process as well but the the mucus layer is uh, is, is a protective coating. Uh, probably another question that's crossed the minds of many is, uh, is there's a standard way of eating but can the uh, alimentary canal work in reverse? Well, there uh, Yes, yes, to a, to an extent. You, you know, the, the, uh, if somebody can't eat forwards, they can uh, make up for it to a, to an extent by eating backwards. But you are not able to absorb nutrients. 
using the large colon the way you can with a small intestine. The small intestine <clears throat> is where 80% of the nutrients are absorbed. So, so uh, putting food in the back door, uh, while you can absorb some, you know, salt and glucose and some short-chain fatty acids, it's not, it's not ideal. It's it, it, better than nothing, but um, not, not, I don't really recommend it as a regular habit. Good, good recommendation, I suppose. Uh, can you actually die from being constipated? Uh, yes, you can. <clears throat> Indirectly, you can, uh, because if you, it creates a scenario where you're you're pushing very, very hard, and you can end up with a heart arrhythmia as a result of that. Um, there's a couple of things that can go wrong, and, and there's a uh, the technical term is defecation-associated sudden death. So. Yes, uh, you can die of, it's sort of a complication of constipation, but, uh, and it's, it's often in, you know, the, the, these are extreme cases where somebody has a portion of the colon that's paralyzed and material has backed up and become very hard because the longer it sits in the colon, the more water gets absorbed and it becomes a lot harder uh, and then harder to pass. So it's sort of a downward spiral. That, uh, um, and uh, one of the best known cases of that was Elvis Presley. Sort of on the same lines, then, uh, can you eat too much, basically eat yourself to death? Well, it's tough because it, it, we were talking before about how hard it is to burst the human stomach. So what would happen is that you would, you would throw up before you'd kill yourself. The, the, uh, if, you, if you were un- you know, if, you, if you passed out, if for some reason your protective reflexes were not engaged, or if some of the food that you'd eaten had, there were big pieces that were ending up uh, blocking the exit so that you couldn't throw up, then, yeah, you could, uh, you could have a problem. There are case reports of people who have literally eaten themselves to death, but it's, it's, it's much rarer than you would think because there is that um, reflex to just empty the stomach. Um, well, the book is really filled with a lot of interesting tidbits. I, I'm curious, since what, what were sort of what you found regarding the alimentary canal and some aspects uh, that you'd like the general reader to know uh, looking at this book? Oh, I am. I don't really have a take-home message other than I would love to replace some of the uh, revulsion and um, disgust that people have for the alimentary canal and the various things that it does. I'd love for people to set that aside and maybe replace it with a little bit of even respect, definitely curiosity. So uh, it because because it's it's all really interesting stuff and it's you know it's, it's inside you. You go through your whole life never seeing these organs that keep you alive and and uh, you know you don't really think about them until something goes wrong with them so i enjoy uh, challenging people to dive in and take a little trip down the canal with me i think it's i think you know it's uh, it's it's just it's interesting that's all it's not uh, it, it, it it it's not so much gross as interesting it's also gross but it's you know uh, it's really interesting well, gross and interesting, uh, always, I think, two fine combinations. The new book is called Gulp, Adventures on the Elementary Canal, and the author is uh, Ms. Mary Roche. And Ms. Roche, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Well, thank you for having me. And you were just listening to Mary Roche discussing the adventures on the Elementary Canal. This is the Grok's Science Show. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's the Grokatron 5000, so stay tuned.
time for our game. It's called the Grokatron 5000. It is our supercomputer, formerly known as Deep Blue. Today, the Grokatron 5000 has chosen the topic parts of the alimentary canal. So for the following five individuals, if they were a part of the alimentary canal, what part would they be and a little reason why? Uh, Ms. Roach, ready to play the game? I'm ready. Okay, person number one, what part of the alimentary canal would he be? It's uh, the real estate mogul Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump... Yeah, you know, I, I just I just want to immediately say the asshole, but I don't know I don't know maybe there's going to be somebody who's better suited to the asshole. But I think I think I'm just going to go with my with my my gut. I'm going to say the asshole. It's it's probably always best to go with one's first impression. There. All right, number two. Uh, what part of the canal would she be? It's talk show host uh, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. Oh, Oprah. I would say the the small intestine because Oprah's kind of she's. Again, first I have to say it's small intestine. It's 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 very lush in there and kind of comforting. It's it looks sort of like terry cloth or velvet because there's all those little villi to increase the surface area. So it's a very um, it looks like a place you just want to you know lie down and feel comfortable. And she seems like such a nurturing woman that I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say small intestine. All right. How about number three? It's uh, the uh, famed chef Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, Bourdain. Uh, he's kind of. I'm going to say the esophagus because it's kind of kind of sort of something hard and and um, I, I don't know why I'm saying esophagus, but he, he looks a little esophageal. 
he's a little tough. You know, he's a little he's a little tough. He's not yielding. He's not warm and cozy. He's kind of a he's kind of a hard thing. <laughs> I think it's probably an apt uh, description of him. Um, okay, how about number four? It's pop star Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Um, Lady Gaga. Let's make her a trichobezoar or bezoar. That is a that's what people who compulsively eat hair get this big. It looks like a big furry turd. But she, no, I'm not calling her a turd. I'm just saying she's, uh, um, you know, she likes to be different and to stun people and shock people. And if you've ever seen a tr- trico bizarre, and I may be mispronouncing it, it's a pretty stunning, strange thing. So let, I, I would say that's uh, I, that would I'd give her that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure she's been called other things besides. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, number five, finally, then, uh, what part of the elementary canal would he be? It's the uh, president of the United States, Barack Obama. Oh, Barack would be, I'd say he'd be the teeth, strong, yet sensitive, uh, attractive, just there. Yeah, that's, that's I'd give, I'd give Barack the teeth. I'd, he's teeth. He's the teeth. <laughs> All right. Well, Ms. Roach, I want to thank you very much. Uh, sticking around, playing our game, and again, talking about your book, Gulp, Adventures on the Elementary Canal. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It was really fun. That's a great card. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.